Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a long, long couple of months, don't you think? It seems like forever. And and, and I found this. Someone actually wrote this, recently wrote. She said, 2020 is unique. It had 29 days in February, 300 days in March, and five years in April. And doesn't it feel like that? Man, it feels like that's how, I mean, it was like, yeah, we were on the leap year. And next thing you know, it just felt like all of us. And, 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 but here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking hopefully we're on the upside to a world that's just gone just crazy. Just, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I got to be honest with you. Every morning I wake up and think it's got to be a dream. It has got to be a dream. Right? Because it's not just the United States. It's not just Texas. It's not just, you know, regional. I mean, it's the whole world and, and the numbers don't add up, but that's a whole nother sermon. But, but again, I stop and ask myself, well, what, when are we get back to normal? And, and what does normal look like? And you might be sitting there going, yeah, what, what is the new normal going to look like? And we really don't know, but what I do know, Right, is this that God is still on the throne and He's still in control. And see, and that's where I've got to have my foundation. Because again, um, looking forward, okay, we, we, we just don't know. We're, we're a little bit scared, a little reluctant, I'm not sure. But so, so I'm not gonna, I don't want to talk about stuff that I don't know. I want to talk about stuff that I do know. And I know that God is on the throne and He's still in control. So here's my question to you. How are you doing? How you doing? And you go, well, Ben, that's a silly question. No, 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 stay with me, right? Because I think some of you, when I've asked that question, you said, Ben, I'm doing good. Now, you're not doing great, right? You're not doing great, but you say, man, I'm doing good, right? We're not sick. And I go, amen, amen, okay, we're not sick. Um, and, and Ben, guess what? We have spent less money this month than ever. Isn't that the truth? You just not, you're just not spending money. You're not going out to eat. You're not, well, anyways. And uh, so you look at me with a smile and you say, all in all, um, we're doing good. We're doing good. Last week when, um, we had a talk with Soph and Adam, you know, relatively, I mean, it, it hadn't affected them. And like a lot of people, they're still working. They're working full time. Uh, you know, they, 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 I mean, it just, it just hadn't affected them. And so, so for them, it's just kind of like, okay, okay. Um, but you might be thinking, I'm, I'm ready for things to get back to normal. And, but in the wake of pen, you know, of this, of this pandemic, we're, we're actually doing pretty good. Some of you might say that. To that I say, amen. Amen. I am so glad you were doing good. I'm so glad. But for, for, for some of you, you might be saying, man, I'm not doing so good. And you might say, this is, this is a little too much to handle. And Pastor Ben, if I'm being honest, I miss people. I'm, I miss being able to, to freely leave my home. I want to see my family and I've got to be honest with you. We're living in a world right now, guys. Think about it where, where people are dying and maybe not so much from COVID-19, but they're dying and they're dying alone. And if that's not death, I'm not sure what is. 
You have people who are getting married that, that feel like they're alone because they can't invite all their family and fan, friends to witness it. And so, so again, you might look at me and say, I'm not doing this. You, you might look at me and say, Ben, I'm anxious. I'm really anxious. And I'm worried. Some of you might say, I'm nervous. I'm not sure we have the income coming in. I'm not sure where we're going to be. Some of you might be scared. You might be in a literal, you know, just, 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 just scared. And some of you might actually be watching this and you're going, man, I don't know if I'm going to have a job today, tomorrow, next week, in a month. I just, I don't know. You're, you're unemployed. I read one comment, Lord, guys, in a situation to where um, the comment on a um, live stream was basically, I'm alone and I'm worried, and I'm scared, and we don't like being alone. See, the reality is, church, many people and many Christians, can we be honest? We started off with a great amount of faith. Okay, right around March 3rd, we're like, amen, we put our trust in God. And then although the, the days and the weeks have come, many of us have started feeling the weight of reality. We honestly thought that things would have been back to normal by now. Oh, come on. It's just, it, listen, it's a virus. We've gone through this before. We're just, listen, whoa, whoa, whoa you're, 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 you're shutting things. Okay, okay, we can handle this for a week or two. Oh, wait, 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 you want us to stay home? Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. We can't, we can't, we can't hang out on our friend. We can't fellowship. See, at that time, we were probably, hopefully, I called it, hopefully optimistic. It's going to be okay. But as I was praying this week, and now we're April 15th, we're right in the middle of April, and I believe for some people, frustration sat in. And a, and a level of hopelessness. And, and discouragement, guys, are starting, these, these, these three are starting to be our constant companions. And I thought, well, tonight... I want to share a story, guys, from the Old Testament. And what I'm doing is I'm hoping that we can get some encouragement uh, from the Word of God. And what I want you to remember is that you're not alone. And I wish, man, I wish I could drive by every, I know this sounds creepy, I could drive by every one of your houses and just honk and tell you how much I love you. And I know, I know we feel like that, right? But, but I want you to know you're not alone, and I want you to realize that we're in this together. And, and, and I get it. We, we're, we're, about a month, we're about a month since this whole thing blew up here. We're about a month since it all started. And so, and so some of us are still working like nothing ever happened, only, only you realize that there's not as many people out there as there used to be. You, you realize that the restaurants, there's nobody at the restaurants, and you sort of realize that the grocery stores are a little bit weirder these days. And you realize that... I don't know. I, I saw one meme that says, it's funny how I could walk into a bank with a mask and ask for money. I mean, that's just kind of crazy, right? That's the world we live in. You can, anyways, anyways, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. But what I want to do tonight, guys, is I want to look at the Word of God. And here's my goal, okay? My goal tonight is to strengthen the believers. 
Okay, if you're here today, man, and you have a walk with Jesus, man, I want to strengthen you. I want to tell you, keep going. I want to tell you, listen, let's, let's lock arms together and let's keep moving forward. Okay, if you're a believer, I want to strengthen you. But I also want to give hope and life to those who, what I call hanging on by a thread. You're just, you're hanging on by a thread. And so with that, guys, I want to look at an Old Testament story here found in Joshua chapter 2. We're going to look at a woman literally doing that. You go, what's that? Hanging on by a thread. Okay, why? Because her, her whole world, think about it, is about to collapse. Her whole world has changed in a matter of an instant. Her entire future comes down to, guess what? A thread, if you will, right? Or a scarlet cord around a window. And that scarlet cord could be the difference between what? Between life and death. And that's where I want to pick it up tonight, guys. Looking at the Word of God, we're going to talk about some stuff. But but uh, in the book of Joshua, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Now, here's where um, here's where it explodes a little bit. Here's where we can feel the weight and the reality. You go, what's that? Remember Jericho, guys, was the first city as the children of Israel are coming into the promised land. Okay, this is the first city that's going to be destroyed. Now, they've had some other battles on the other side of the Jordan. We call it the Transjordan. They've had some other battles, and we'll, we're going to see that. But I want you for a moment to... Put yourself in, in, in what Rahab is feeling. You go, what's that? Well, again, she is a lot like a lot of people, okay? Um, she hears of what's going on. She sees her world begin to change. She realizes this is going down. And, well, you could imagine. How so? Well, it's the same. It's probably the same way a lot of us are feeling, Right? Her city was about to be destroyed with her included. Life the way she knew it had definitely changed. I could probably go out on a limb and say Rahab was stressed out. She was anxious. She was worried. And the very spies that could bring about her demise are in her house. That would be weird. That would be weird. Oh my, how things have changed in our lives. We feel the same way. Don't you agree? You go, how so? Again, we went from, think about this guys for a moment, right? And, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to be like super bummer dude right now, but we went from being free and feeling free to a stay at home mandate. And our elected officials and our governing authorities, which we're supposed to obey, has said that we have essential workers and we have non-essential workers. But really, in reality, everyone is essential because it takes everyone to make the world go round. We've got to have everyone is really essential. Okay, the money you make, you spend and somebody else makes and they spend. And and that's how that's how people live. And anyway, that's but but think about it. We, we have a stay at home mandate. Okay, we went from carefree living, if you will, to fear of dying. Because all of a sudden they came in and they're like, listen, if you get this, you could die and people are dying. And, 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 and it just, it really freaked us out. It really did. 
And so you and I as parents, we have to navigate, if you will, you know, how do we, how do we communicate that to our little ones? How do we, how do we tell them, you know, and, um, and, it, and it, it's, it's, it, this is reality. It's reality. Guys, we went from, well, I, normal, I don't know if we were, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if we were ever normal, right? You go, you're never normal. Okay, okay, I get that. But we, we went from normal, okay, to I have, to, to I have no idea what's going to happen next. And yet, there was a certain confidence that we all shared. There was a certain confidence. There's a trust in the Lord. Our response to COVID-19, guys, mad respect. Mad respect, okay? Being prudent, absolutely. Washing your hands, making, I mean, just, I, I, we give it the respect it needs, whatever, whatever that means, okay? Because now, about a month in, we're getting all kinds of, I mean, all kinds of theories, all kinds of stuff is happening. Well, you know what, it, it's this and it's that, and we're going, stop! I just, I don't know. But I, we give it mad respect. But here's what we remember to remember to do. We, we can't allow it to control our lives. Well, Pastor Ben, it is controlling our lives. I know. On the outward. But, but think about this, guys. Think about this. Don't let fear control our lives. We have something greater that's living inside us than fear. My Jesus left his heavenly abode to come down. Guys, think about this. To die on the cross, to reconcile us back to him. But not only that, to go back to heaven and send you the Holy Spirit so you don't have to fear. So you don't have to trip. So you can, so you can walk in, 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 in the confidence. Now, listen. Listen. Let me just shoot straight with you, okay? It's one thing. It's one thing. When you don't know the people who are sick, okay? Because you get the statistic, you look at your phone, you look at your, oh, well, okay, we, somebody else died. It's, it's, that's one thing. You go, oh, man, we're, we're praying, we're praying. Okay, we're praying for those that are, the families that have lost people. We're praying. And, 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 and listen, we'll go, we'll go, hey, um, um, well, we're, did they have underlying health issues? What happened? Okay, so, but it's a whole nother thing, guys. It's a whole nother story when your youngest daughter texts you and says, I'm not feeling well. And I text back going, do you have a fever? And she texts back saying, yes. And that's when your heart begins to sink a little bit. Okay, so, so now it's close to home. Now it's, now, okay, okay, your, your, your daughter, uh, um, and then she thinks, I could have, I could have the virus. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's that confidence? Where, where's, Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. You're going to have to show up. You're going to have to help me. And that's where a lot of people are tonight. A lot of people are hanging on by a thread. And what we need is we need to, we need to gain, guys, we need to gain some good, good nuggets from God's word. Well, it goes on in Joshua. Okay. That's the first one. He says, now it was told the king of Jericho saying, behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Notice verse four. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they were from. 
Okay? That's where she is. Now, the first thing I want you to jot down if you're taking notes, now remember, you got to take notes, because when we all come back together, we're going to ask for your notes. Okay? You're going to come to church, I'm going to say, all right, let me see your notes that you were watching. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But here's what I want you to write down, guys, seriously. The one thing I want you to write down, guys, I want you to catch is that right here, Rahab believed in God. Rahab believed in God. Now, you're thinking, I know, how so? Okay, Ben, the text didn't really say that, but, but, but how so? Rahab's actions, guys, were evidence that she believed in the one true God. Well, well, what do you mean? Well, again, she says, yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they were from, right? You got that? And basically, this is where um, we... We are, right? She, she says, I'm, I, I don't know where they are and, and, and I don't know where they came from. And, 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 and so here's the first thing that comes to mind, okay? We notice that, again, these two men, they come in, right? Now, okay, so let me take you back just a little bit. Let me, let me wind up just a little bit, okay? So, so Rahab is really freaked out. Her world's about to come down, okay? She realizes that death is imminent. And so these spies come in. She knows all about it. We're going to see that in the text. And so when the officials come in, they say, hey, where are the guys? Where are the spies? They, they want to destroy the city. Where are they? Do you know where they are? And she's like, I, I don't know where they are. I don't even know where they were from. I don't know what's going on. Okay? So we need to grasp that. Okay? But her actions, guys, were evidence that she believed in the one true God of Israel. Now, although the Bible doesn't condone lying, okay, there's plenty of scriptures where it says it don't lie, Rahab lied as a means to save herself. Now, you go, well, there you go. See, I can tell a little white lie. Well, no, 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 no. The, the text is, we, we, we've got to look at Rahab as a whole, okay? Because Rahab probably, she's, a, she's known as a harlot. She's a prostitute. This is kind of the lifestyle. She might have just gotten saved. And I can tell you, there's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of things that I did right after I got saved that probably you go, oh man, I don't even think he's saved, right? Because we have to learn and we have to grow. All I know is she goes, listen, I've got to do something. And when they came asking me, I, I lied. Now, the Bible doesn't condone that. Don't lie. Okay. But the lesson that we can learn, guys, from Rahab, guys, is this. What's that? During a very difficult time in life, we must, you guys ready? Fully put our faith and trust in God. Now, you're looking at me like, that's Captain Obvious, dude. Seriously? That's what everybody's saying. No, no, no. I've, I've got to dig a little bit deeper. Okay? I've got to dig a little bit deeper. Because you go, well, well, how? How? Well, really, it, it, it well, it's got to be actions. It's got to be actions. Okay? Um, her actions, guys, was evidenced that she believed. That was her actions. And see, a lot of us right now in a time of a difficult situation, man, we started out with faith and we're going, okay, I'm a little bit worried, I'm a little bit scared, I'm not sure. But, but we, we, we really got to possess that faith, the faith that produces action, actions in that we are trusting God. Okay? Now, what I'm not saying is that, is that with a virus going around and, and all this stuff that happening, we're, 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 we're throwing caution to the wind and we're just, we're being crazy. Okay? And, I mean, to be silly, we're not, you know, we're not licking doorknobs and we're not thinking, oh, I've got Jesus, come here. And, right, we're prudent. Everybody understand that, right? We're prudent and, and, and we have mad respect. But we do trust God in our actions. We do trust God in our actions. 
We trust him that he's going to take care of us. Well, Pastor Ben, what if I get sick? Well, then we'll walk with you through this. Well, I had a cousin of mine um, just lost her 91-year-old father-in-law. And I had texted her, how you doing with this COVID? How you doing? This was about two weeks ago. And she said, man, we're doing, we're doing good, except my father-in-law's with us and he's 91. And I just, it just scares me that he might get it. Now, well, he passed. And she said, boy, I just, it just breaks my heart that he passed on our watch. And I said, I said, you know what? God knows the number of our days. He knows exactly when we're going to be born and when we're going to die. And God knows. And it doesn't matter if there, listen, it doesn't matter if there's a virus going around or anything else, because here's the guys, we could be as healthy as we can be, and we could still, this could be the number of our day today. We, we, we don't know that. And so again, you, you gotta think about it. We, we, we've gotta walk. We've gotta walk in that faith and that action that God is in control. My daughter works in, in a doctor's office, and every time she comes home, her, her immediate is, is she goes in and she takes a shower, and then she's ready to hug. And that's, that's being prudent. Okay? That's not having faith. That's being prudent, and that's being wise. Why? Just in case. Just in case. But what I'm talking about, guys, is having a faith, and, 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 and this is where, this is our first line of defense when it comes to, man, I'm hanging on by a thread. Make sure that you are rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and your faith and trust is in Jesus, and that shows by actions. Actions. You know, like what, Ben? Like what? Give me an illustration. Well, do you guys remember there was a, there was a man who, who used to walk a tightrope over Niagara Falls? You guys remember that? And he sat there, and there's a big crowd, and there's this big tie rope, and he stands in front of the crowd, and he says, hey, how many of you think that I can walk over the tie rope? Niagara Falls, everybody's like, yeah, you can do it, we believe, we believe, right? And he's like, all right, you believe, we believe. And he says, how many of you think that I can take this wheelbarrow and walk over Niagara Falls on this tie rope? And the crowd went nuts. Yay, we believe, we believe. How many of you believe? Jesse, do you believe? Jesse's like, I believe. He says, now, if you really believe, he says, get in the wheelbarrow. I was like, mm, hold on. See, down below, we believe you can do it, bro. But is your faith and trust in the fact that, hey, I'll get in that. I believe that. You see, that's the action. And that's exactly right. Oh man, I believe that I, that I, I, I believe in the living God. I, I get in the wheelbarrow, bro. Get in the wheelbarrow. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Listen, when you feel like you're hanging on by a thread, believe in God. Believe in God. What does that mean? Fully devote yourself to God. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Please take a moment. Watch the distractions. Here's what's going to happen. <sighs> when I say fully devote yourself to God, that means it's time, it's time to quit playing church, but to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. What does that mean? It's time that we surrender our ways to his ways and our plans to his plans. Okay, now you're looking at me like, Ben, 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 listen, dude, I believe in God. I believe in God. 
Okay. But let me, let me, for just a second, let me just John, the Apostle John, in writing the Gospel of John, he employs the word believe, which is actually made up of three Greek words. So if you say, I believe in God, that's that's one thing. But let me see if you believe the way John says, do you believe? Okay, because I, I really want to dig a little bit deeper when it talks about belief, because there are a lot of people who goes, man, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. But do you really believe? Well, how so? Well, what are the three Greek words? Well, the three Greek words, guys, um, the first Greek is, it's pisteo, P-I-S-T-U-O, pisteo. And, and what it means is it means to have faith in, in respect to a person, to entrust your life to Jesus. That's the first one. Do you believe? Do you believe in respect to a person? Now, it's one thing where you go, wow, God, what great clouds you make, man. Wow, this is cool. Whoa, Lord, look at the trees. And you believe maybe in a God, but but this says, man, it's a little bit deeper. It's a little bit deeper. Why? Because the second Greek word here is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and it means persuaded to have reliance upon Christ for your salvation. In other words, you're going, I'm not trying to work my way to heaven. I'm not trying to be good enough, but that my reliance of salvation is that I am what? I am persuaded my reliance is on Jesus. Okay. What's the third word? The third word is pitheo, P-E-I-T-H-O, pitheo, and it means to be convinced with confidence, with confidence. That's the word where he says, believe. Okay, so when you say, man, I believe in God, but do you believe in God? Right, it's a different word. It's, it's a different, well, I believe it, but do you believe, right? Do, do you remember, do you remember in middle school? Do you remember in, in, in junior high? Do you remember we used to double the word, right? Well, do you like me or do you like, like me, right? Then you're hoping the girl would like you because you use it. But does she like me or does she like, like me? Well, do you believe or do you believe? That's what he's saying. You go, what do you mean? Well, here's hope. Here's hope for us, guys. Here's hope for all believers. Put your faith in Jesus. Okay? Put your faith in Jesus. Your faith. Be persuaded that only Jesus can save you and then be convinced with confidence. That's what he's saying. That, see, that's Rahab. Rahab's first line of defense and the fact that her world is falling apart is she puts her faith in God. She believes in God. I believe in God. Question, question. You, you ready? What did, what, what did Rahab have to stand on for salvation? She's known as a prostitute. She's known as a harlot. Okay? There's nothing that she could go, well, you know what? I was a harlot, but I used to be a real good girl. She's, this is all she's got. She's got, but she believes in God. She believes in God. That's our hope, guys. And I think if you're hanging on by a thread, or you're really rocking for Jesus, man, make sure that you have put your faith in, you're persuaded, mm-hmm, hallelujah, going to go Pentecostal on y'all, and be convinced with confidence. That's what he's talking about. Well, back in our story here, guys, and I want to get off track just a little bit. He says, and it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. 
pursue them quickly so you may overtake them. Now, remember, she just said, I don't know where they're from, and I just kind of looked over. Now, remember, she's up on a wall, and I'm, I just overlooked, and I saw them going in, and I think, listen, if you go get them, you can probably catch them. You can probably catch them is what she's saying. But notice verse 6, guys. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who had pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, again, let me take you back just a moment, okay? So, so she knew exactly where they were. She took them up the roof and she hid them. Okay, so she covered them up. Then the people come knocking at her door. Hey, where's the guys that came into the house? I don't know. They, I think they left, man. I think they left. I think they left. Now, it's going to get deep. It's going to get deep, okay? So that's where they're. Now, they're, they're up there. Now, look at verse 8. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof. Look at verse 9, guys. And she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. That terror of you has befallen us, and the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Why, Rahab? For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. For when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the kings of the Amorites, who were the other side of the Jordan, who were they? Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Wow, these are some great verses. Why? Because I don't know about you, but I can relate exactly what she's thinking. Okay? Because it's kind of the same pattern. Okay, the same pattern. Do you guys remember... Do you guys remember when, 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 when Kobe got in an accident and, and all that was going on? It was a Sunday and we got the news flash for, you know, Kobe was, was killed in the, in his, in his helicopter and I was like, oh, oh no. And we were all super bummed, right? Um, on an article on one of the newspapers, it said that the coronavirus was starting to make its way. It wasn't bad yet. This was in January. It was just, it was, you guys remember, you, we heard a little bit of it. This is, oh yeah, it's coming. It's coming. And then I remember sitting at my desk and I remember getting ready to watch the Red Raiders get ready to play in the Big 12 tournament. Hopefully they would get a bid into the NCAA tournament. And all of a sudden I get an alert saying they, they're not going to have any fans. And I said, are you kidding me? Why would, what? no fans at the Big 12 tournament? You can't, no. You know what my thoughts were? Come on. That would never happen. It's the fans who drive the game. It's the fans. It's it's man. It's the nachos, man. It's the coke. It's it's the hot dogs. It's the uh, and then and then Thursday morning. I remember, and it was like the Big Twelve tournament is canceled with the possibility of the NCA. And I mean, it just it blew up, guys. It blew up. And I'm still thinking, much like you, no. No, this is good. No. Well, the NBA decides to. I mean, you guys get the point. The point is, is that we started to hear about it. We started to hear way before it even came. And, and that's exactly what she did. She said, listen, listen, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Snapchat. We didn't have any of that stuff. But we heard, we heard when 
I mean, how, the Egyptians drowned in the red. God opened that. We heard about that. How does that, how does that happen? How does that happen? And we heard that when you came across that, that, you know what? Sihon and Og, man, they gave you some trouble and you took their land. They were done. You're done. We heard about that. We heard. We heard. But here's what I want you to notice because here's what, here's what, here's what the media, here's what people are doing and they're doing exactly what's happening to Rahab and the, in the inhabitants of Jericho. You go, what's that? It says, when we heard what was going on, when the world, it said, terror of you had fallen on us. It says, we were faint hearted. Our hearts melted and we have no more courage. Now, okay, that, uh, uh, let me just paint that. Okay, now listen, listen. What the people of Jericho were doing, rightfully so, God's going to judge them. Okay, I, I get that. Okay, contextually. But I want to pull out just how fearful the people were. Because think about it, man. These things that she just talked about, guys, were all the things that, that, that we could be feeling right now, which is fear. And you go, what do you mean? Well, let's just be honest. It's, it's, the, it's the fear in worry. It's the fear and worry. Because, listen, some of us go, man, I'm still working. And everybody goes, amen, praise God. Praise God you're still working. The, the, the problem is, is that those that are not working are usually the ones that used your service. So if they don't have any money to use your service... How are we gonna? You, you guys see how it all, you know? So, so again, there's there's that fear and worry. Oh man, you, well, I'm not worried about that. God is good. Well, maybe it's the fear of defeat. Defeat. I love the fact that I have at least, and, and listen, I mean, well, it is what it is. I love the fact that I at least have five in here helping me. Because, because as a pastor, as I preach to a, a camera, that would make it hard. And, and I gotta be honest with you, I have, I have pastor friends going, how you doing, man? How you doing? And, and, and it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to look and, 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 so I know there's discouragement. I know there's fear of, Guys of, of, like I said, loneliness. I can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine what, what extroverts are going through at home, right? Extroverts need people. Man, they need people. Introverts are like, man, I've been practicing, I've been, I've been practicing this for years. Just leave me alone, right? But extroverts. But here's my thought. I don't care if you're an extrovert, an introvert. Listen to me. We all need People. That's how God created us. And so if you're an introvert, you still need people, okay? But when you've had your enough, you're like, I'm good, I can go home and I'm I'm fine. But extroverts, man, their batteries get charged by people. By people. You know who is a giant extrovert? My wife. My wife. And she's she's not having a good time right now. She needs people. She needs people. She needs to be able to respond and look and hug and talk and blah, 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 blah. 
know, she just, that's how her batteries get charged. And so again, guys, the fear of, of that, it could, well, think about it. What if you are an introvert and now you're mandated to stay home, but it does bring across loneliness? I just happened today, I just happened to listen to the president's address. I just happened. Just one of those things that was on, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll see what he says. And he was taking questions. And one of the questions was, and, and, and I'll pose this to you guys, one of the questions obviously was, okay, we're afraid of dying. We're afraid of what COVID-19, it, it's, 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 there's deaths. But one of the things the president said, he said, but you understand that if we don't open up soon, there's going to be more deaths, but not so much from COVID. But he says, we're getting people, suicide hotlines right now are at capacity. You understand that there are people right now who can't go forward in this world. They don't understand. They don't have the biblical resolve. They don't have the faith in Jesus, and they're, they're just lonely. He said that. He said there are, there are those that are just giving up on life. He said that we're going to have more deaths per se, if you will, if we continue. You don't understand. And I thought, wow. So what do we do? What do we do? I'll tell you the one thing we do, and I appreciated uh, what Soph said last week. The one thing we need to do, guys, is we need to spend time with our Jesus. Spend time. Lord, may it not be that even in our quarantine time, we get busy doing stuff without spending time with him. I think we need to learn the lesson from Rahab. What's that? Well, she describes fear that had gripped others in Jericho. Now learn that it's not so much her because it's in contrast to her faith. I don't know if you caught that. Okay? She says, now, now, where everybody's scared, she goes, but, but what? Right? But not me. I believe in God. How so? Listen, because it's never enough to believe that God exists. It's never enough to just go, man, I, I just believe. I just, I believe God exists. Why? Think about that. That kind of knowledge can either terrorize as well as transform us, depending on where you're at. You go, Ben, what's the point? Here's the point. You guys ready? The issue is, what will you do with the knowledge of God? Because Rahab made the right choice. She would turn to him and trust him. Church, listen to me. We need to help others who say, I believe, seeing that their believing is not faith until it becomes a personal commitment. You guys tracking with me? Okay? The only way that people will see a difference is in our lives. Living out the gospel in a personal commitment to Jesus. I got to tell you guys a story. It just really, it really warmed my heart. On Sunday night, um, part of our neighborhood uh, on one side and the other got together and we had just this worship time. 
okay? And my wife's been saying, this has got to happen. We got we to get there. And I was like, ah, neighbors are not going to. Anyway, so Talia and Nathalie went out and handed flyers. Hey, we're just, this, it's, not, it's not denomination, it's not church. You just sit in your yard. And we got this big speaker. And we had a set of songs. And I was so blessed. I was so blessed. For the first time in my life, in my neighborhood, Man, people were coming out. Not a lot. And I got to be honest with you. I got to tell, tell you a funny story. Because a lot of them were like, we're already going to a church. We're already going. He was, he was like, we're not inviting you to church. We just want to come out and just worship. But, but people are still like that. But the neighbors across the street came out. And the ones down. And some folks got in a truck. And, and, and we were just worshiping. I'll tell you what did it for me. My six-year-old granddaughter was in my arms and she was singing praises to the Lord at the top of her lungs. And I just couldn't hold it back anymore. And I thought, this is the perfect time, Lord. This is perfect time to just come. Just come. This is great. And 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 it was it was just that song, you know, that uh that Carrie Job sings Resurrection, it's in the grand began to shake and she's I didn't even know she knew the words. She blew me away. But the point is, guys, the point is is that people are gonna see our lives right now. Okay, they're hanging on by a thread, but they're looking at you. They're looking at your life going, I mean, how are you holding it together, man? It's because, it's not because you're some super Christian man or you're like, man, listen to me, I don't care about the virus. You're going, no, my faith is in Jesus. My faith is in God. My faith is in the only one who's going to sustain me. You see, Rahab, Rahab had this knowledge. It was a heart knowledge. Look at verse 9 real quick. It says, she says, I know the Lord. Okay? If you have a pencil handy, you can circle that word Lord because it's Yehovah. It's Yehovah in Hebrew, and it means it's self-existent or eternal, Jehovah. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what that means. Here's what it means. In other words, this is a personal, this is personal, not just general. Okay, so what Rahab was declaring right here to the spies and to us is that she had a personal knowledge of God. Now, I don't know how she got it. I know that maybe being in the business, if you guys know what I'm talking about, air quotes, in the business, in the product, she, many people might have witnessed her. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how she knew, but she knew based on the text. Well, you go, Ben, oh, oh, I've got a question. What's the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge? It's a good question. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me say it like this. Head knowledge knows that a tomato is a fruit, but a heart knowledge knows not to put it in a fruit salad. You with me? See, I think that's something Jesse would, would really grasp. He, I mean, I just, I could, I, when I wrote that, I said, Jesse is going to really, he'll know this because he would tell me, no, tomatoes are fruit. And I said, yes, but you don't put it in a fruit salad. That's the difference, guys. That's the difference. Now, 
Listen, I want, I want to share something with you. Now, I'm not sure. I think these are 2011 statistics, but let me show something that just blew my mind, okay? And I want to tie it into why people are, are, are just really on edge. Let me, let me, okay? According to a Christian polled in the USA Today in the Wall Street Journal back in 2011, it said this. It says 65%, now these are Christians, listen, 65% of Christians rarely pray with others. 38% never pray or talk to God. 65 don't attend church or fellowship in a home group. 67% never read their Bibles. 50% of those polled are unsure that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And 68% didn't mention faith or spiritual or Jesus when asked about problems and life. You go, Ben, why would you give us those statistics? Here's why. Because Christians never talk to God, don't go to church, don't read the Bible, not sure that Jesus is the only way, and don't seek him when life strikes hard. And I said, wow. Wow. Well, why would you give us those statistics? Here's why. Because I think, listen, because I think it's a great opportunity for us to be the church in a very dark time. I mean, think about that. 65% rarely pray with others. And now we're given opportunities to pray with everyone. I got to be honest with you. I love, love, love our city. I love that people, man, I love that people are walking with Jesus. I love it. But I also see a city out there that needs him desperately. Well, it goes on in verse 12, guys. Verse 12 of Joshua 2 says this. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that, all, that you will also show me kindness to who? My father's house and give me a, a true token and spare my, my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. I think this is a great thing. Now, at first read, we're just going, of course, of course. She's going, hey, listen, my whole family too. Listen, when you come back, we need to be saved. Not only, who, 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 guys? She says, my, my, my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all their little ones, and deliver us from our lives. And you go, okay, what's the deal? Listen, here's what I pulled out of that. When, when we feel so down and so defeated, I want to learn this lesson. You go, what's that? She began to think of others during a dark time. You see, she wasn't like, listen, just make sure that I'm saved. And her heart was now saved, so in turn, she wants others to be saved. Now, I think this is a great point. Why? Guys, if you're taking note, um, I want you to do this. Take a moment this week to think of others. You go, what do you mean? I want you to go out of your way to encourage people this week. Go out of your way to help somebody or to pray with somebody. Because what does it do? It takes the focus off of your situation. And even if you're doing really good and things have just stayed the same for you, it still takes your focus off of you and onto others. You can be the church, be a light in a dark world. But if you're struggling, guys, it takes the focus off you and you can see them. And that, first of all, you're not alone. 
that everybody else is kind of going through this, and you're going, oh, man, because that's the biggest thing for me, man. I think, man, I'm alone. No, you're not alone. Okay, but it also see, you also see that there are other issues that you can help that are far worse than you. And she does that, and I'm thinking, wow, what a great way. What a great way. Well, well what, are some, um, what are some practical ways, guys? What are some practical ways that we can help others? What are some practical, what, what can we be doing? Well, number one, let me do this, okay? Make sure you're praying. Make sure you're praying. Now, I know people in our church, they're texting us, how can I pray without, you know, I want to hug and pray. Well, listen, it doesn't, just pray. Pray for people. Get a list and pray for them every day, man. I pray for Alex, man. I pray that he just is rocking out there in the world. And I pray for his family and his little ones. And I pray for Jess. And be praying, guys. Spend time in prayer. That's one thing we can do. We don't have to shout it out anywhere else, but God knows we're praying. Because the biggest ministry in the whole world is little grandmas and grandpas all over the world praying for people that can't get out of their house. They're just prayer. They're prayer warriors. And, and that's what we should be doing. We should be praying. We should be praying. You go, what else? Hey, how about this? How about shooting somebody a text? How you doing? How you doing? You doing okay? You need anything? Sometimes somebody just needs to talk. Here's another one, guys. Go out and buy gift cards for people. Just go buy some $10, $5, whatever God puts on your heart. What a great way to encourage, hey man, here, listen. Think about this, think about this. If we're going to band together and we're going to do this, think about our healthcare workers, okay? And, and I love that our restaurants here in Lubbock, man, are reaching out and they're, but, but we can do, we can do our little part. We, we can buy, we can buy some gift cards and we can take them to the healthcare workers. We can, here's another thing too. How about this? How about make a meal for somebody? I mean, think about this, okay? So, so in, in a, in a different situation, you still have moms who are trying to homeschool. Okay, and they're not getting paid. Kids are everywhere, and, and they're just frazzled at the end of the day. And I wonder if we could somehow come along and say, here's a meal, man. Here's a meal for the family. You don't have to cook anything. Here's a meal. You go, Ben, that sounds expensive. And Okay, okay, how about this? How about you just, how about you just go talk to your neighbors? Talk to your neighbors. How you doing? You doing okay? Hey, I'm just here. Listen, I'm I'm right here if you need anything. You know, in my neighborhood, I have a widower that lives that lives next to me. Thank God she has sons, but if she needs something fixed, I can be there. I have a single lady that lives to my right. She knows. She has my number. But what can we do? These are, again, remember, what is, what is Rahab doing? She's going, listen, it's not just about me. It's about everybody else. So, so what can we do, guys? We can talk to our neighbors. We can talk to our neighbors. We can text. We can buy food. Listen, I don't know about you, but whenever I go to the grocery store, I'm always looking. What can I buy? And, and, and so you go, man, there's, things are getting a little better because I was at the grocery store on Monday and I saw there was, they had toilet paper there. It was good. It was good. There was actually some. I was like, wow, okay. Cool. I bought one. Do I need it? No. 
Why'd you buy one? Because I want to give it away. I want to say, hey, what do you need? Bought a 10-pound bag of rice. What for do you need 10 pounds of, of rice? I don't. We're going to put it in bag, and we want to give it. Guys, this is what we need to be doing. This is what we need to be doing, guys. We need to be doing this. Okay, let's get back to our story, okay? So the man answered her, our lives for yours. None of, uh, if none of you tell this business of ours, it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall and she said to them, get to the mountains lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of our oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind the line of scarlet cord in the window. Though you have let us down, unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household into your home. Now, of course, we know this, guys. In light of the context, we know that the scarlet window, this was a signal to the army of Israel that the people in the home were to be spared. They were going to be saved. Now, despite Rahab's desire... Despite her faith, despite her promises in the spies, she would have perished unless she put the what? The scarlet cord around the window. Now, as early as the first century commentators, such as Clement in Rome and Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, Origen, many of these saw the scarlet cord, obviously, as a symbol of the blood of Jesus. And, of course, that's what we have been talking about, right? And... So it goes on in verse 19, as we get ready to come to a close, it says, And it shall be that whoever goes outside your doors into your house in the street, blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in this house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, we will be set free from your oath which you had made us swear. Then she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Now, two things jump out of this text. Number one, what did she do? She bound the scarlet cord in the window. So what did she do? Immediately, Rahab put her faith into both the identification and the safety of the scarlet cord. Okay? So she let them down, and she goes, okay, boom. I don't know when you're going to attack, but I want to make sure this is up. That's the first thing. The second thing, guys, is notice what she says. She says, according to your words, so be it. She also trusted in the ones who made the promise about the scarlet cord, okay? So what does that mean? That means, guys, in our lives, we, first and foremost, we put our faith in what Jesus did at the cross on the blood that he shed for you and me. And then we trust him at his word. We trust him at his word. So if you're here tonight and you're watching or you're listening via podcast and you're hanging on by a thread and you think, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it till till April and what if the president does this and I'm just so stressed out. Hang on, man. Just just get your foundation set. Just come back to the Lord. Just come back. Be ready. He's got you. No, the one thing I want to tell you guys is that we're going to get through this. I promise we're going to get through this. I don't know how. We're going to get, we might come out crawling on the other side, but we will get through this. But what's our goal? Our goal, guys, is to glorify the Lord while we're in the storm. To glorify the Lord while we're in the storm.
Okay, so as we close, I want to quickly recap. If you're overwhelmed with all that's going on in the world, number one, put your faith in Jesus. Be persuaded that only Jesus will save and be convinced with confidence. Walk in the courage of Christ. Let your actions speak louder than words. That's the first thing. The second thing, the second thing is faith over fear. Faith over fear. What do you mean? Think about others. Help others. Pray with others. Listen, I know if you're having a hard time, you might be having a hard time, but be thinking of others is helping us put things in our own proper perspectives. Listen, I never want to leave a broadcast at all without giving you an opportunity to surrender, to make a decision to follow Jesus. If you're watching tonight and God has just moved on your heart, man, just, just, tonight's the night to surrender to him. And what do I have to do, Ben? All you have to do is open up your heart and invite him inside. He's already speaking to you. You just need to let him, you just need to let him in. Well, like what? Well, maybe you pray a prayer or something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. And I repent of my sin and I'm asking you, come into my heart and be my Lord and be my God, be my Savior and be my friend. I trust in only you. Take away the fear. Deliver us, God, from the fear and the anxiety. Help us to walk in you. Help my faith to to be overcome, to overcome that fear. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us and you really mean it, man, I'd love to hear about it. You can just um, you can just send me a message on Facebook. Pastor, I prayed that prayer. You can call us even now and we'll pray with you. 799-2227. But we'd love to hear about it. We're going to worship one last song, but I want to remind you that Sunday we are back in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And so we're going to continue in our verse-by-verse study. We love you guys. We're praying for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you And as we worship Him. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. 
May God richly bless you.